Patrick Ewing is the head coach of Georgetown. They're surging. The Knicks right now are surging. There's something in the air, maybe. And I, there might be like a Space Jam type situation where someone told, stole someone else's powers. And Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. I'm back here with the usual squad. Got Lucas, Jared, Bart, and Wyatt with me today. Uh, we're going to cover a, a bunch of stuff in the NFL, talk a little bit of March Madness, uh, even a bit mm-hmm. of college football. Um, but first, we're going to go over what's happened in the last week. It's been been fairly busy. We saw Drew Brees retire. Uh, been rumored for a while. Actually happened. Um, and in his wake, we have Taysom Hill getting a $140 million deal for four years uh, that is apparently all voidable. So we'll see how much of that Taysom actually makes. We can make that a fun game at some point. How much money <laughs> will Taysom Hill pocket from that deal? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But in, in other NFL news, we got Tom Brady agreeing to a four-year extension, apparently, which seems like a lot of years. Um Gonna play yeah, yeah honestly, though, this man is just <laughs> never going. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have Cam re-signing for $14 million with incentives, uh, but I think it's more like five or six if he uh, is benched, um, which seems like a legitimate possibility. Uh, we have the Bears signing Andy Dalton after the Seahawks said that they wouldn't be trading Russ. Um, so yeah, Andy Dalton, not exactly the same level of quarterback that Russell Wilson is. That's disappointing. Yeah. He's um, much better. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> they got, yeah, they lucked out here. <laughs> Russell yeah. Wilson was a reach. Now they're settling, yeah. Exactly. It was it was inevitable, and, and here we are. Um, and, and finally, we had the March Madness bracket set this week. Uh, the number one seeds are Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. Uh, so that'll be starting, I think, Thursday. So exciting stuff. But we're going to start with the NFL. Um, and... We're going to be starting with the Pats, who have been having quite the free agency so far. They've been been spending a lot of money, not just on Cam, uh, but uh, they um, paid for probably two of the best tight ends on the market, Hunter Henry and John Smith. And then they got two pretty good wide receivers, and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne um, also added to their defense a bit. Wyatt, do these moves set the Pats up to be a contender or not? Nah? These moves alone don't quite make them a contender, but it does make them very competitive. And I don't think that last year was a fair evaluation of the Patriots and definitely not like the defining moment in Bill Belichick's career. Uh, They had no offseason, no in-person practices the offseason, no cap space, the most amount of opt-outs of any team, a COVID outbreak, and they lost the greatest Patriot ever in Tom Brady, and they still won seven games. I mean, the media, every time they talk about them, they act like the Patriots were fighting the Jaguars for Trevor Lawrence. But they're still, <laughs> right now they're picking uh, 15th, I believe, in the draft. Like, I mean, they had a good season, a decent season overall, especially given their circumstance. Right? Uh, resigning Cam doesn't move the needle for me in the slightest. But when you look at the deal, like you alluded to earlier in the news roundup, um, it's actually more like a $5 million deal with $9 million incentives, which is a good salary for a backup quarterback so i think that there's still an opening that they trade for uh another qb a la jimmy g maybe he fills that spot and i think that they can get a talented pass catcher in the first round i know that wide receivers aren't exactly their strong suit but i mean if jalen waddle or Devonte smith or kyle pitts 
or Jamar Chase were to happen to fall to them at 15, I don't think that that's a bad pick at all for them to make. Um, so when the roster is all said and done and the Patriots are finalizing their starters and cutting people and when they're all done with all that, I think that they will be contenders for the AFC East. No, I don't think they're contenders to win the division. I think that they could win a wild card spot for sure, but they're not going to win the division. The Bills are probably the second best team in the AFC. I, you know, I like the Bills. I don't think, I think they have to prove it more than just one year as a surge. I mean, plenty of teams have really good years. It wasn't a surge. They're on an upward. Didn't they win like? Yeah, but what what if they? But they could have. They could have topped out. I mean, I, I believe that they have the talent and they have the personnel and the coaches to continue to be good. But I mean, we don't know if they're this NFL powerhouse or the the AFC East runs to the Bills right now because the Bills I only have one good year. Actually, <laughs> I mean, everybody everybody's worried about like, oh, if if uh, the Bills lose their offensive coordinator, then Josh Allen's gonna falter or whatever. But they didn't lose him; he's still there. Like, what? Did they, who did they lose? They didn't lose anything. They don't have to lose anything to not be able to repeat the same amount of success. But they went ten, they went ten and six the year before. I think lost to the Patriots both times, right? They're going to beat the Patriots both times this next season, so put it at 12-4. and four. Okay, no, I, I think they're right there. But let's – Jared, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. I mean, we're not looking at Nick Foles as one of the top quarterbacks because of what he did. Like, Nick Foles is But we is are looking – are you trying to convince – are you trying to compare him to Josh Allen right now? No, I'm, no, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the Bills have not proven that they're one of the better teams in the league on a year-in and year-out basis. They had a really good. They had a good year, but I mean, every year are they a great team? I think it's up in the air. I think they've consistently proven at this point enough that they're a playoff team. I feel like you have like two years is enough of a sample size, especially given the trajectory of the team to say that they're at least a playoff team. Which uh, wouldn't make me think that they're. I think they're more solidified of a number one in that division than the Patriots are. Like mm-hmm. the Patriots made a lot of good additions, but. Unless Cam really turns it around, quarterback play will still be a struggle. And, like, I just – I think he's past it at this point. Like, he was a great player in his prime, yeah. obviously, but I think he's just past it at this point. And I don't think with a quarterback level – like, with a quarterback who's playing like Cam played, they can really consider themselves yeah. contenders for the AFC East. Yeah. I, Do you think if they did go out and grab Jimmy G, would you say that change, changes let things? Me, no? Let me throw out a no, scenario, let me throw out a scenario here real yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> they have they go and get Jimmy G. It's not going to cost them much, maybe second or third rounder. Number 15 and the 15th pick rolls around, they get any of the top 3 receivers. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. You don't think that they they would be a much better team than they were last year winning 7 games? You don't think that, that would count for at least two more wins, three more wins? Yeah. I, I think you it would know? count for two or three more. Wins. The Dolphins yeah. I think but, was, I mean their yeah. their their division is good but it's not like i mean the dolphins haven't exactly proven to be this this power nobody's team. proven anything to what no but the <laughs> but jets, no, I agree the jets that, are terrible though. i mean the dolphins Tua, <laughs> i was hiding to it wasn't great all right the jets are terrible i think the bills are the, one of the better teams that are the best team in that league or the division but you never know i mean teams have slumps the years after they they kind of burn hot so you, you don't know how good the bills are really going to turn out to be it's not out of the realm of possibility Again, if they go and get another quarterback, I don't think it can be Cam Newton. And if they can get a pass catcher with that number 15 pick, like a number, true number one, then I think, you know, I think that they have a good shot. Yeah. And I know it's do a lot you, of ifs. Yeah. I don't like to do like, well, we'll <laughs> see, but, you know. Does anyone then, think there's a chance that Cam turns it around now that he actually has, no. like, weapons on offense? 
No. I don't think no. so. I think he's kind of his he's like good up days are gone. I think so. Seems a little harsh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I, I think the biggest thing which Aiden mentioned earlier is that there was no preseason. I genuinely think that that will play a factor. Okay. Uh, I do well, know Cam was like quite hot to start the season, and then he kind of yeah. cooled off, which kind of is kind of the opposite. Of what I was <laughs> That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Me. No, was I, he better? What do you see better in the last uh, twelve games of the season than the first four? No, he definitely. No, wasn't. but like I don't know. I feel like he was already elite uh, as a running quarterback. I right. think Bill Belichick will find a way to leverage that even more and have him throw the ball as minimally as he has to. The big question mark, I think, is whether they can throw it back to when they had Gronk and uh, Hernandez or whatever his name was with, like, the two elite tight end set. And I know neither of them are as good as those two guys. But people are saying, my sources are saying, (laughs) that Bill Belichick, when he has two, like, actual functional tight ends, his offenses are typically quite good. I think that Cam, with with these new weapons, I would actually think he'd be much better than last season. I agree there are times where it was like he has, like, a super noodle arm now, and it's... Kind of concerning, <laughs> but I don't know. We've seen newly yeah. armed quarterbacks yeah. still like not be you know, be serviceable. So yeah, last I mean, year I... the the Patriots like the their tight end with the most receiving yards was Izzo with two hundred yards. Something Izzo. <laughs> so like I think <laughs> so. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if they yeah if they return to a like a two tight end dominant offense kind of thing. We'll see. I mean, I I don't. I definitely don't think they will. I think at the start of the season when they were successful, all they were doing was running cam. I think he had like one passing touchdown like through like the first two games or whatever. And then and then and then I don't know. You I can throw it to you guys on this. I don't know if it was the COVID outbreak that kind of like derailed their season, or teams just kind of figured out their offense. I'm not sure what happened, but they were not. They were they were like pretty at like Bart like you said Bart. They were pretty hot at the very beginning of the season and like. They threw up like 34 or something like that on the Seahawks in week two. It was, it was, that was a fun game, I remember, Sunday night. But, but then after that Chiefs game where they had like that outbreak, they played the Chiefs close and everything, they, they kind of became a non-factor after that. So I don't know if it was the outbreak or if it was the uh, teams figured them out, figured yeah. the offense out. But. Yeah. I'm skeptical. But, of but if teams figured them out, it goes both ways because like, you'll have an offseason to – to figure teams out more, but you also have an offseason to add new wrinkles. So, yeah. I, I that's know. true. In in we'll Bill Belichick, of... I, I trust. Mm-hmm. I don't mean, yeah. yeah. you tell me. We'll see how good of a tactician he really is. I, guess. I mean, but yeah, let's see. Because I mean, if even if the offense only gets slightly better, because they will be better with a lot of the talent that they have. Even if they only get slightly better, they don't add another quarterback. They get all the opt outs back in, and they added some pieces like Matthew Judon and Jalen Mills. Yeah. Um, I mean, their defense is going to be probably top 10 in the league. Like, that's enough to win you a handful of games, you know, because they, they, the year that they won 12, I think, um, back a couple years ago with Tom Brady, they had like the highest scoring defense in the league. They have good defenses. It's obviously, it's Bill Belichick, right? I mean, I, I don't think that it's impossible that they're up there at the top, just, just off of that alone. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to the team that has taken the Patriots' mantle as a, the next potential dynasty. We saw the Chiefs in the over the past week or two, they released both of their starting tackles, but they did restructure Patrick, Patrick Mahomes' colossal deal um, and actually signed Joe Tooney, who is one of the best alignment on the market for $80 million. Lucas, are we seeing some of the effects of Mahomes' contract 
kind of kick in with the way that they're doing some, you know, cap gymnastics already? I think maybe. I think it's sort of like a medium-sized deal mm-hmm. on all this. I think um, sort of referring back to, like, them having to shuffle off the offensive line. Like, mm-hmm. there's no question the key, or the, the key to the Chiefs' success is going to be keeping Mahomes healthy and happy, and the best way to do that is to have a good offensive line and losing Fisher and Schwartz doesn't help with that. Um, not only with, you know, sort of just like maintaining guys in front of him who have played in front of him, but they're two veteran presence in the locker room that help that team out a lot. That being said, like, Thune's a great replacement. He might take a while to, like, work in to, like, the team, build up some chemistry, but I think he's a serviceable replacement there. If not, that probably more than serviceable, a good replacement there. But I do worry it is indicative of, like, how it's going to work for the Chiefs over the next few years and that they might have to, you know, keep restructuring Mahomes' deal. That'll be, I'm sure, annoying for him and annoying for the team and not something they can always do. I think there's a chance they might not be able to re-sign guys that have been with the team for a while and have been helping out that would be, like, good veteran leaders that have to, like, look out on the open market because of just the way the cap works. And I, you know... As as good as it is to have Pat Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL, I think that the way the deal is set up, you might run the risk of there being so much like rotation in and out the door mm-hmm. of talent that you sort of lose the continuity that made the team great. Like I still think they'll be mm-hmm. fine, but I I don't I don't know if they might be the dynasty anymore. <clears throat> but I think they'll they'll be competitive for the next seven to ten years as long <laughs> as Mahomes stays happy and healthy. But I don't know if they're the dominant force they could possibly be. Yeah, I kind of think the the trajectory that could happen that the Chiefs don't want to be on is like the 2013-14 Seahawks. They won the Super Bowl, made it to the Super Bowl the next year and lost, and they haven't even been to an NFC Championship game since then. And then Russell got paid, and like they haven't even that that set them back even further. And everybody was ready to kind of crown them as a dynasty with like the Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. They had the number one scoring defense like two years in a row, and everybody's like, oh, and Pete Carroll's like this great coach and everything. Where they, it's like the same as, it's the same thing I feel like as the Chiefs, where they got like Andy Reid, who's heralded as a great coach, rightfully so, and then they're really great on one side of the ball, and for them it's offense. But then all of a sudden, you know, your success kind of bites you in the butt a little bit, and like the, the individual player success at least. I'm worried about it, and I'm not gonna lie. It, it's hard to, it's hard to have a dynasty. In, in the NFL, I think. I'm pretty worried about it. I, I looked at this a lot differently than you guys did. Actually, mm. <clears throat> I saw something in the Chiefs that I see right now in the Bucks, and it's that all of these players are willing to restructure their deals to make sure that they can have as much talent and as much cap space every year as possible. I mean, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, although his contract is huge, I think he, also, he did leave money on the table so that way they can go and get Chris Jones again. right? And then, of course... They have their other top talents locked up for a while, but Travis Kelsey restructured his deal. Chris Jones restructured his deal. Patrick Mahomes restructured his deal. And I think that they understand what um, maybe Russell Wilson doesn't as far as like the money and talent goes is that they can't take up all of the money and expect them to just fill everyone else up with talent. There are places where you can get more value maybe in the, the defense where, the, where they right now are trying to get most of their value. But... They can't just Patrick Mahomes can't be paid seventy million dollars a year and expect to have the best receiving core or expect to have a top ten defense when the year finishes. I I feel like the 
they know what they're doing. They are smart. They're willing to, to sacrifice for championships. They understand like the opportunity that they have. And especially when teams make dramatic moves like this one, I always believe that they have a plan in place to replace those players and still remain competitive. So I wasn't nearly as worried as you guys were. Right. But how long does that last where players are willing to make that sacrifice? Like if you lose in the divisional round next year, you're like, eh, I don't really, I don't think I want to make that <laughs> sacrifice anymore. We're, we're farther out than I thought. Right. How long does that sacrifice last? How long are people willing to do that sacrifice? Because I think yeah. when players are like, we just came off the Super Bowl, I'll take a pay cut this year. But then if you're like, well, we're only making it to the divisional round. I'm not taking this pay cut. I'm beating myself up for this game and everything. You know, I don't know how long it'll last. What do you think, Bart? Well, okay, so a couple things. First of all, I want to say that I think we – like I agree long-term Mahomes' contract will have this effect of having to cut people you don't want to cut. But this season specifically, I want to point out that the salary cap took a huge hit because of COVID and the pandemic affecting everything. Mitch Schwartz tweeted himself, this was not like a bad blood thing with him and the organization at all. He literally just said like they didn't have the money because the cap went down, but they they would have wanted to sign him. So yeah, I don't know that this is necessarily like how it's going to be every single season. And like White said, people are willing to restructure, which is nice. To, to your point, Jared, I was going to say, I don't know that there's any reason to think about them going out in the divisional round yet. <laughs> like, they, they lost a couple times. You never know, they, though. I mean, you never know, right. But I think, like, as long as Mahomes is the quarterback, I am still betting on them to make the Super Bowl. I think it's, like, he's, he's that good. I don't know that losing your tackles, like, in and of itself suddenly, like, completely kills your chance. Like, I know that's not what we're saying, but I don't think it makes them that much worse, especially since they signed, like, Thune. They got Kyle Long. Who knows how he'll be? Maybe he'll be bad, but he might also be good. I I need to believe it to see it. I I think they'll still be quite competitive, and as long as they're like in the running for Super Bowl every year, I think people are going to be perfectly willing to take pay cuts over and over. We'll see. (laughs) I'm sure people were saying the same thing about like the Packers after Aaron Rodgers won his his Super Bowl and in his third season as a starter, right? I don't know. At some point, at some point, it's gonna be like, yeah, they've lost their their. Uh, is it luster? Is that the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. You, you yeah. graduated from but, Notre Dame, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me. Yeah, I, I wasn't an English part, major. Though, that, but yeah, we're not near the point where they've lost their luster. Like they yeah, we're lost there. the Super Bowl, and like yeah, that felt that felt like a huge disappointment because of how big of favorites they were, and they'll go into next season as the as the betting favorites again, right? So. Although that is funny because probably the main reason they lost is because Pat Mahomes like had no time in that game. So yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were like his those two alignment were out in that game, right? Weren't the the two that were released? They were injured. Yeah, they not that have, it's good that you know they got rid of them, but they did. They also had a, um, an alignment who I don't know if you said yeah. this who opted out for the COVID because he was like oh, he was also a doctor. Oh, I didn't know that. So, oh, yeah, he was a doctor. He opted that. out, so he went to go work in that uh, work in be on the front lines of the whole COVID thing. So he'll be back as well. Just a little, you know. Okay, so we'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we're going to move on now to some college football, which is a topic we haven't really discussed in a while. Um, So we're going to revisit a bit, particularly with some of the coaching hires uh, that we saw over the past couple months. Uh, We're going to go through some some of the big ones and say whether we think the coach will be successful or not. We're going to cash or trash. Uh, how they're going to do. So starting with the new UCF coach, we have former Auburn head coach, Gus Malzahn. Lucas, cash or trash, his success? 
So I think I'm going to slightly cash this one because I think it keeps yeah. UCS competitive. <laughs> I think he's a solid coach. Like during his time at Auburn, they were good, never great. They never fell below 500. But his most notable achievement was when he won the SEC in 2013, took them to the national championship. But I think you could argue that he was just riding on Gene Chizik's coattails at that point. Like he just no, he wasn't. Team. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, your turn. I think he might have been. Wait okay. your turn. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like every, it's, simple, it's not. It's never a good sign for a coach when your first year is your best year and you just sort of regress from that point after. I mean, with with obvious small exceptions, but I don't know. That being said, I think he's a good guy. He'll help maintain their level of success. I think they're not going to become like elite with him as a coach, but I also don't think that they're going to be awful as. He'll all, he'll be awful as a coach either. Like I think he'll just be a guy that keeps them kind of chugging along, ten and two, ten and two, ten and two, maybe an occasional twelve and zero season. Because I think that's what his track record at Auburn shows that he keeps them running fine on like a competitive level, but rarely regressing from that like sort of mean of like competitive but not great. I'm shocked that that's your answer. Actually, I I'm like, hundred percent in like fat stacks of cash on this one this one's a, i think that's a great move so first off first off is gene Sig, gene chiswick went three and nine in the his final season with auburn is that riding off his coattails i mean it was his team <laughs> I mean, how many there, freshmen contributed that was a great team. no that was a great rebuild first off so people forget that he made the he was the last bcs championship that was uh it was auburn florida state he was in the last bcs championship mm-hmm. that year UCF fans will probably say that he's lost in two national championship games because he lost to US UCF in 2017, yeah. which I think yeah. the irony is really funny there. But, I mean, he beat Bama three times. Yes, it was eight tries, but I don't think you can really point to anybody that's played Bama eight times since Nick Saban mm-hmm. has been there that has a better record than that. That has, a, like, mm-hmm. Clemson probably, and I don't know if you can really point. Uh, like, Georgia hasn't even beat him, I don't mm-hmm. think. So, since Kirby Smart's been there, at least. Um so yeah, he won Coach of the Year in his first season. I know, like you said, you're gonna point to the 68 and 35 record and say he's inconsistent. But I mean, like you said, he had a winning record every season. They play in the SEC, and like, no offense to Auburn, but he was recruiting for the second best team in the state every year, right? And now, and now he's he's getting and now he's recruiting for like the fourth best. No, team no, in but the it's gonna, like, but it's the best. Know, team, like... No, but it's the best team in the conference though, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know if people like care too much about like the best. They team they in do. AAC, you know. They do. I if really you're playing, if your options are AAC teams, you want to play for the best team. I think That's I fair, think but... Gene Chizik, or not Gene Chizik, Gus Malzong, coaching like for, and recruiting for like the second best team in the state, kind of recruiting for an underdog in a way is going to help him out a lot at UCF. I think he's going to know how to get those guys. You know what I mean, and how to get the most out of them. I have pretty high hopes for them actually. I I'm. I think this is the best hire. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Whew. Bitten big on UCF. It's this is weird. Now Jared's the I know, the, I was uh, shocked. The UCF supporter over the next. Exactly. I just like I think Gus Malzahn's a great coach. I think he's a really great coach. You said he was inconsistent, but that's not true. They were consistently like nine and four. Like I don't think that that's like Okay, he wasn't consistently great, like Yeah, I don't know. Like you'd want Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, moving on to the new Illinois coach, uh, Brett Bayalema taking over for, it was Lovey Smith, right, who left. Um, yes. Said that that didn't work out. Uh, but anyway, Bart, cash or trash? 
I'm a pretty big trash on this one. I think uh, Brett is old news. I'm not confident in him. He had good seasons, but this was a while ago. This was at Wisconsin. His last good season, in my opinion, wasn't since like 2011. Uh, so I'm not optimistic. At Arkansas, he like never had a season better than eight and five. He won a couple of bowls, but they were irrelevant. Who cares? Uh, and the main thing that I think is a knock on him is the fact that at Arkansas, his recruiting was actually quite strong. He always recruited between like 22nd and 29th, if I remember correctly. Uh, so the classes were quite good. I mean, obviously not like elite, but quite good. And even then, Arkansas as a program was not performing super well. And what do you think the odds are that at Illinois he'll be recruiting better? Zero, I would say. So I think it's just going to yeah. get worse. I mean, like obviously he's leaving the SEC, and maybe some you know sometimes you just need to change the scenery. But I'm I'm trashing him. I'm not optimistic. I think he he had like a good run at Wisconsin, but I don't think it's indicative of like how good of an actual coach he is. What do you think, Wyatt? Uh, I went the exact opposite direction as you did because I cashed it. And only for the sole reason that he was the New York Giants outside linebacker coach last year. And uh, I I have to root for my team and I have to make sure he keeps it up. So I'm going to cash that he has a lot of success success at Illinois. Illinois. Um, Moving on. Shane Beamer, South Carolina. Aiden, what do you think? I've been going back and forth on this one. I think I'm actually going to cash it. Um, I'm a little skeptical always of assistants being for like a power five job. I kind of expect to, someone with prior head coaching experience to to get hired. Uh, Beamer doesn't have that, um, but he does have coaching in his blood. He's the the son of famed Virginia Tech coach or longtime Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer, um, and he has a history at South Carolina. He was part of he was an assistant from 2007 to 2010 when they were actually good, um, and he was apparently like a big like recruiting force during those days uh and obviously coming from oklahoma that's you know that's an impressive team to to be coming from so even though he doesn't have head coaching experience i think that the fact that he has a connection to south carolina and he they seem to be confident in his recruiting abilities maybe he can get a team that was i think two and eight last year and lost six straight games to finish the season maybe he can get some of the hype back to it that they had you know just a, just a few years back but yeah, Wyatt, what do you think? Cash or trash? I'm trashing it. And unless his first move is to either A, get Nick Saban fired, or B, move out of the SEC, I don't really see much success going on there. Uh, it's not exactly a fair evaluation of the University of South Carolina, but I mean, they have really no shot of winning a championship or winning at all in that division. Yeah. It's definitely a tough one. Tough one. That is for sure. <laughs> Next year, South Carolina is going to take that title. Just, just watch, Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to Vanderbilt. So another potentially irrelevant SEC team. We have Clark Lee from uh, formerly of Notre Dame coming to Vanderbilt to take on the head coaching gig. Jared, cash or trash? Yeah, so if you guys think South Carolina is a tough job, Vanderbilt is worse. <laughs> Trust me. That, this is a big trash. First off, Clark Lee was a fantastic defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. I think he did a great job. But Vanderbilt is just doomed. They have a 9% acceptance rate. So tough academic standards. And the SEC is literally the worst mix I could possibly think of for a team, in, for a team playing in college football. So I was looking at it. I was like, I can't remember the last time they were good. James Franklin went like nine and four a couple seasons with them, uh, like a couple years ago. But since 1980, they've had four winning seasons. Like they're, they're just bad, and defense is not going to help it. They're again, they're the second best team in their state. Like this is literally just like the worst combination 
of any like team like tough academic standards in the SEC is impo- is like almost impossible. If if they ever win the conference, like that would be, I would be so shocked. I'm, I'm serious. That's ten thousand to one. That's a tough job, Bart. Or yeah, is it Bart? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I guess the question really is how do you define successful? Because they were zero yeah. nine last year, so like if they were four and eight, is that successful? No, that's yeah. better than last season. It's not successful. I will okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna trash it. I agree, Jared. I just want to add on to to, to really clarify how awful of a situation this is right now. They were 0 nine last year. They were so I, yeah. I was looking at like you know Clark Lee defense, like Jared mentioned. So I was like, okay, he can fix their defense because what was it last year? They were 113th in points allowed per game, right? So I was like, okay, room for growth there. Hopefully the <laughs> offense is better. No, the offense was worse. They were like 120 something in, in points per game. So they're just awful. No talent right now. I don't know. I mean, maybe he can carry forward some of like Notre Dame's recruiting love, and maybe he can get some of that culture instilled, all that good stuff. But yeah, I think you're right, Jared. I don't. I don't know if there's. Yeah, they're doomed. <laughs> um, okay. Last but not least, Aiden uh, Brian Harson at Auburn. What do you think? Uh, another one that I don't feel enthusiastically about cashing, but I'm gonna cash it because I'm not sure like who else. Like I think I think Harson's like a, a good candidate. Boise State's been good, kind of low key the last couple of years. Um, he was definitely destined to take on some kind of Power Five job. Uh, I'm not sure there was anyone else like super available who would have been a better yeah. candidate for it. Um, but but yeah, I'll be intrigued to see how he how it works out. Given that he's he's spent his whole career pretty much in the in the Midwest or so, and or in Boise and um, a little bit I think at Arkansas, but. Um, he's now going to be in, in deep SEC territory and has to fight against Bama for recruits, and that's that's just brutal. So good luck to Harson. Um, lightly cashing it, <laughs> Lucas. What do you think? Yeah, I'm lightly cashing it as well. And I think there's something you alluded to earlier that I was going to mention with this that uh, if you take a Power Five job, you probably should have previous head coaching experience. I feel like the mm-hmm. ones that go straight from coordinator to head coach mm-hmm. don't work out as much as you think they would. I mean. Mm-hmm. Dabo, I think, is an exception, yeah. but for the most part, the guy is that go that Clark Clark Lee is going to be an exception. We'll see. I mean, he, he's an alum of Vanderbilt, so you know they got the good good vibes there. But um, no, I think that like again, it's good that they hired someone with head coaching experience. It's good that they hired someone who is a successful head coach at where he was. But like, I don't know. It's just I like Boise. But it's just a tough transition, and especially, I was going to mention this too, with the recruiting, like, he has no recruiting base whatsoever in the South. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if Auburn's name has the pull that you would need to, like, come into it just sort of, like, blind in terms of situation. Like, with Brian Kelly coming into Notre Dame or something, you, you have the Notre Dame name, even if they're not, you know, consistently as excellent as, like, in Auburn. But just, like, I don't know if Auburn in and of itself has the pull and I don't mm-hmm. think that Brian Harson being hired really adds to that. So I think it'll be, it'll be tough. But I think he'll be solid. Like I think he he's a good coach with good experience. I don't think they'll be awful or anything. But yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll be if, great either. Yeah. It feels like a bridge job, but for both parties, I think <laughs> yeah. it kind of does. Like I don't know. It just seems kind of random for Brian Harson. I think he's uh, Brian. I just looked him up. I'm pretty sure. The coach is an alum of Boise State, so he's not like an alum of Auburn or anything. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so I feel like, like, I feel like guys on the West Coast, 
dream of like getting the USC job, not like Auburn or whatever it is down there. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like that's like what... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Were you in his head? You coaches stay in their regions kind of though, right? I feel like, yeah, a good job for him at this point would have been like a, a, a UW or a Stanford yeah. or a Utah yeah. or like a, Stanford a would decent... Stanford I think, but... Stanford would be hard. Work for, work for Harbaugh, but I, yeah, yeah, I that's a hard job. And David Trump, um, but. But yeah, yeah, I think it's like a, a correct transition would instead be like the an upper tier Pac-12 team. Yeah, but not yeah. Auburn. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's so, that's it's a, a bit of a leap. Yeah, Rooting but, for him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go go for yeah. him. <laughs> Paul, and Paul and Paul Feinbaum is rooting against him, which no. means I'm of course he freaking. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, he's probably so, like, I don't even I don't even know where Boise is. That's probably Paul. <laughs> Is uh, Boise a state? I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't Lies, know anything yeah. outside like Alabama and Georgia. He's like, mm. yeah, he's like going up high expectations. Like I, I, I read something from him and I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, in summary, uh, we think everyone in the SEC who is not Bama um, is doomed <laughs> to fail. So yeah, good, good luck out there. New SEC coaches. Gonna, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but we're going to move on now to some college basketball. It's uh, apparently a big week for college basketball, so I've heard. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do some March Madness fill-in-the-blank. Uh, I'm going to say a, a sentence with a blank in it, and uh, we're going to fill it in with what we think. Simple enough. So starting out, uh, the first number one seed to be eliminated will be Lucas. What do you think? The University of Michigan Wolverines, mm. and as a sneak peek to my bracket, I think they'll lose in the second round to US to L, not to LSU. Um, few reasons: one, Isaiah Livers, one of their best players, is hurt at least for the first little bit. Um, I'm not an expert, but losing one of your players, it's not great for your chance. One of your best players, it's not great for your chances. Plus, I think LSU is like legitimately good. They pushed Alabama, who's a two seed, all the way to limit in the SEC championship game. Trendon Watford can score. He had 30, which is for a college game is insane. Mm. Um, so I think this sort of mix of Michigan being on the down, they lost in the semifinals of the Big Ten as well, and LSU being on the ascendancy will sort of cross over in the second round, and LSU's going to win. Is ascendancy mm-hmm. a word? <laughs> <laughs> what, why, what do you think? I'm going to pick Baylor. When I was young, I was about 15 years old, I picked Baylor to be my sleeper pick in the NCAA tournament. Oh, no. and they let me down by getting eliminated <laughs> in like the Sweet 16 or something burned. like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget it. It messed up my bracket. So this year, I'm counting on their downfall. All right, they're not going to make it. They're going to be the first team eliminated. Baylor is. And why it's gonna be watching with a smile yep. on his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They lose the sixteen yeah. seed. <laughs> I just wanna watch the whole thing. Called here. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Jerry. Um, the number ten plus seed, ten or ten uh, more, will uh, make it the farthest is blank. Georgetown. Five thirty eight really loves them. It's kind of a risky pick though, because they're only one game over five hundred. And they actually had a losing record in conference play. So I was like, uh. Mm-hmm. But they won four in a row. They won the Big East tournament. So mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go. I'm going to go with them. The honorable mention was uh, Colgate, which doesn't really sound like a real uh, college, but it is. My mom went to Colgate. <laughs> Shout out Gene Lewis. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it is a real college. <laughs> it, it's a great college. How yeah, dare you, college. Jerry? Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm I know that, that back. It's, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm going Georgetown. Man. I know that that's my answer. <laughs> 
I'm going Georgetown still. Wyatt? Maybe we really are twins, think? Jared, because I also picked Georgetown. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to build off of what you said. Patrick Ewing is the head coach of Georgetown. He, they're surging. The Knicks right now are surging. There's something in the air, maybe. And I, there might be like a Space Jam type situation where someone tol- stole someone else's powers and Patrick Ewing gets like a, um, you know, honorable power, you know, thing from the Knicks. But they're going to continue to surge. So right now I'm picking Georgetown to the moon. Yeah, they're on, the, they're on that, that revenge yeah, tour yeah. because of uh, Patrick Ewing getting like searched at yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. They're on exactly. a revenge tour. There's right something now. in the Sports air. Earth. I I don't think it's a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, Bart, ask, I ask you: the player who will see their NBA draft stock rise the most is blank. I'm gonna go with Io Dasunmu of Illinois. Um, <laughs> So, okay, first of all, let me just explain that I know nothing about anything about college basketball this season. So I'm, I, 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 I'm looking into some things, and this is, I think, a reasonable answer, but I'm not sure because he's already quite good, and that's the thing. He's, like, in, in mocks, though. What confuses me, he's going, like, late teens, 20s, which doesn't make sense for how good he is. He is, like, the clearly the best player on the Illinois team, and I am banking on Illinois going fairly far in the tourney. So the reason I say this, though, is I think, I think what really helps players jump is – when they are like stars, like Cade Cunningham is going to yeah. shine, even though they might not get very far. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he's a star in the Illinois team, and I think if Illinois goes far, yeah. it's like compounding that. And I think they will. I, I really like Illinois to go far. So he, because he's he's putting up like twenty six and five right now, which seem like elite numbers to me. But he's not like getting touted super highly in mock drafts, which I think will change after the tournament's over. But yeah, that's my answer. What do you think, Aiden? Yeah, I agree. I feel like I've. The last week has been a crash course in college basketball because I'm like, oh, March Madness, got to get up on it. But I had not been, <laughs> not been up to date for most of the season. I'm going with Chris Duarte from Oregon, uh, who, we all, who we all know and love. Um, but <laughs> Oregon is a chance to actually make some noise. I think they're a seven seed, uh, but they've won 11 of their past 13. They were regular season Pac-12 champions. Um, and a lot of that was due to Duarte, who um, was playing in junior college like two years ago um, and has really surged this year. Um, averaging 16 points a game he's shooting 43 percent from three um, and coming into the season he was like not on anyone's radar for being drafted he's he's been moving up the ranks he looks like potentially a late first rounder to early second round at the moment he's a uh, the three and d type guy that the nba loves right now um, and he's a pretty big guard um, so i think if if oregon makes some noise i think he'll be like the the driver behind that noise and um any kind of like surge during the tournament definitely can affect your draft stock. So um, I believe in, in Duarte. But anyway, moving on to blank teams will have to forfeit games in the tournament due to COVID. Um, we've seen in the conference tournaments, we've seen Duke, UVA, Kansas, all the forfeit games. Bart, fill in the blank. I mean, it's like a coin flip in my opinion. I'm going to say two semi-arbitrarily i don't think it'll be as many as as in the tournaments like you mentioned three because they're like all playing in indiana but the indiana thing is kind of stupid because it's not all in indianapolis it's not like all in one consolidated area some of the games are in uh like lafayette west lafayette some of them are in a Mm -hmm. place called bloomington i think Mm -hmm. so people are still traveling like miles to go between games sometimes they're not all staying in the same hotel or anything like that so if there is something that goes down, it's going to be quite bad. I think there might be like a domino effect. But I'm thinking yeah. uh, people that like an Oklahoma player got it already. So he's missing the first week. And I think, I think some people yeah. might get it and they might miss early on. 
but I'm optimistic yeah. that once the tournament starts, it'll be pretty decently self-contained. What yeah. do you think, Aiden? Unrelated, are there any games in South Bend? Is Notre Dame going to have any? Yeah, <laughs> They're not in the tournament, but yeah. No. <laughs> it seems like it would be all sad. Um, yeah, my answer is going to be too many. I feel like I always, like, especially after the conference tournament, like, the you'd think that, you know, people would kind of be on their guard, so maybe maybe I'll be wrong on that. But I feel like anytime I bet against, um, you know, cases popping up, it's it's wrong. So mm-hmm. I feel like someone's going to get it. It just if it's it's gonna be dramatic if it's someone good. That's what's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so I think it'll be a lot. But just real quick, I feel like this this uh, format is a recipe for disaster. Just the way that the March Madness <laughs> yeah. tournament is, you know. This is this is a dumb question, but did Duke and like Kansas make the tournament? No, um, Duke didn't. Kansas Duke didn't. didn't. Yeah. Kansas is yeah. I'm I'm betting yeah, on Kansas going pretty far. So first I, I season that. since yeah. like '76 that yeah. Kentucky both missed. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact wow. of the day for you. Yeah. Also, yeah. fun it's fact of the day for you. Yeah. The last time that a team went undefeated was that same season. So Zags, look out. Pretty fun. Zags. Yeah. Hey, let's go. Serendipity. It's Washington. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna choke. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> damn, Lucas. Anyway, that might be a spoiler for Lucas's answer to this question. The winner will be blank, Jared. Yeah, so I actually win Gonzaga. Super unoriginal. <laughs> but they've been they've been so close so many times, and I just feel like they've always been this underdog team, and I just feel like it's their year. I'm I'm probably want it's more that I want it to happen, yeah. but that's I, I I'm definitely. I'm not gonna pick against Gonzaga. They'd be like the first undefeated team, right? Like you, you just said it, Bart, right? 1976. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, so I'm I'm rude for them, and that's that's who I'm picking. Gonzaga's the the UCF of college basketball. You're so down on UCF today. So down, I know. What is Lucas doing? Yeah, listen, it's all about Cincinnati now. But but I think the winner of the tournament is going to be the University of Illinois Fighting Illini. Um. Yeah, Bart mentioned. I, I put them as my winner in some. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Me no. too. <laughs> I made a few. Nice. Um, first things first. They're hot. I feel like so much of March Madness is yeah. getting hot at the right time. Mm. They're coming off winning the Big Ten championship. They won fourteen of their last fifteen. Plus, Iodasuna. I'm not sure if anybody's pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, did watch Jared, the Big Ten championship. over it when, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can just say like six iterations of it, and then when the correct one can splice it in. Anyway, I watched the Big Ten championship this weekend. He wasn't even at their best, and they were still really fun to watch. Um, they play great. Um, they're hot. And plus, Ayodasuna is fun. He All-American, has a killer face mask, and mm. he... Um, a name. Yeah. He's a killer name, and he after they won the Big Ten, he created like the Kobe cradling the NBA uh, Finals oh. trophy picture, like with all of them, like where he's looking very stoic and like with it, and he did like a couple of takes of that. So how can you not root for that? Yeah. Um. So I'm picking Illinois. Wait, so Lucas, you said you said they're getting hot at the right time. They've won 15 of the last 15, or whatever. Gonzaga's won 26 of the last 26. Is that not hot? No, because it's like you're you're not going from one thing to another. Oh you're just my eating gosh. bad teams over and over. There's 15 of their last 16. That's not. That's like the, they went from 0 and 0 to that. So it's something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is Gonzaga beat this year? Let's be real. Come on. They almost oh, lost to BYU in their conference championship. They name all 26 teams. If you're no, they, they beat some. Yeah. <laughs> right now. They beat some the competition. Their resume was, was pretty legit. BYU. They beat Kansas, I'm looking it up right they beat, now. Yeah. 
Okay, let's run through their schedule quick this year. Uh, oh, they beat Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I West know, Virginia. I yeah. Oh, Baylor West Virginia's good. Iowa. Oh, they beat Iowa too. Oh, yeah, but Lucas after... is suddenly second guessing himself. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was all earlier in the year. They're on the down. They they... It was all earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. All I'm saying is that they're on. Like, what are wins against the University of Portland going to do for you? Like, at this point, you know? Oh, he's really coming for you. Yeah, they're, they're getting ready for they're getting ready for the upset games when they got to play these ten seeds and stuff. It's Illinois ain't ready true. for that. Because they haven't played that. they haven't played ten ten seeds all season. Hey, they're playing Drexel from Philadelphia. There you go. First time in my lifetime they've uh, they've made the tournament. So. Hey. Exciting times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tournament starts on Thursday. It should be should be fun. We we will see if if Jared or Lucas is right. I'm sure neither of them will let us forget if they are. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're gonna close off with some general sports talk. Um, we're gonna. We saw Dak over the past, I forget if it was last week or the week before, signs the, a pretty huge extension to remain QB of the Cowboys, um, which is pretty undoubtedly one of the, the most high-pressure positions that there is in sports. Um, Jared, what is the highest-pressure position in all of sports? Is it that one? Are there others? Yeah. So I kind of went more abstract. I kind of cheated a little bit. Uh, I think it's like the next, the next NBA prodigy always has the most pressure on them like it's hard to define but i think like in the nba it it doesn't really matter like what team you are if you're the best player in the league you have a ton of pressure on you like so when i think of the athletes that i've had the most pressure in like the last 20 years lebron james obviously is the probably number one tiger woods is number two for me dak prescott's definitely up there but like it's not as high because football is much more of a team sport and like viewed much more as a team sport you know, like rightfully so, where NBA is very much viewed as an individual sport. Obviously, golf is completely an individual sport. But anybody that like kind of sets themselves up for really high expectations when they're young is going to have the highest pressure position. So like Zion's going to be next, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of having the highest pr- pressure mm-hmm. position. Because I think like even Trevor Lawrence, right, is like the next NFL prodigy. He's not going to really have that much pressure on him. Like they can go 0-16 next year and nobody's going to bat an eye at that. Because like the NFL scene is a team sport. I don't know about like, that. No, they will. That that Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went like what, two and whatever before he got hurt, and nobody cared. They're like, look at how great Joe Burrow is. That's what they're going to be saying about Trevor Lawrence. Like it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> Again, in baseball, Mike Trout is maybe like the best hitter of to ever play the game, and nobody ever talks about him. Right? Nobody cares about him. Like Bryce Harper gets more press than uh, gets more press than him. And Mike Trout, like, literally might be the best player to ever play the game. Anyway, I, I think if you're going to go a team, I want Jared to just... What? I was say, I want you to do a, Mark, a Mike Trout, like, rant sometimes. I should. Yeah, I feel like that's in there. Yeah, he yeah, is, yeah. though. He's, he, he, was, he was, like, first or second MVP vote for, like, five years in a row or something. It was ridiculous. Dude anyway. needs another team. Like He does. Anyway. I think if you are going to go a team in position, I would say quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, <laughs> Jared, that's, that's, that's a bad on. answer. Huh? I uh, don't even get don't even get me started. To have, to be uh to have pressure, you have to have expectations, and there's no way there anybody are expectations. There are no expectations on the Cowboys. Cowboys literally, literally every no year, people are taking the Cowboys to win, to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Why would yes, anybody, they are. People no, are doing it. Dak Prescott has zero pressure on him because we don't expect him to do anything. Oh, I don't expect don't. Dak Prescott you to don't. win a championship. <laughs> no, I I agree with Jared that the fact that it's a team sport completely like. Tones it down. 
I, I don't even think the cowboy any football position should be in the conversation. TBH. I don't think that's true. I think if yeah, if if, if the, like for a kicker, for example, one of them is like Alabama's kicker. I think is one of the highest pressure <laughs> positions in sports because <laughs> like to have pressure. I think there's more pressure when you're not a superstar and you don't have respect. Mm-hmm. And a kicker can control the entire fate of a game at the end, even like if it's not even like entirely their fault. That's what it's going to come off as. And all of this pressure's on them. And it's not like an NBA superstar who people actually respect at the end of the day and are just like, oh, they like didn't do well here. In this case, it's like they don't even think that like they think you're just like they're annoyed that they have to rely on you, essentially. So I think that leads to more pressure than just your average superstar. Yeah, and the only time like you you ever get in the news is if you do something wrong. Exactly. Right? So when people like Google yeah, you later, sure. you they're not gonna say, "Oh, he was a two-time yeah. SEC champ or whatever." No. They're gonna be like, "Oh, he missed this field yeah. goal." I don't know if ba- Bama is maybe a bad example because they never need their kicker. No, it's not. But I, I see what yeah. you're saying. No, are you no, kidding? They, they've been they, 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 they consistently okay. had really bad kicker like five years ago. Teams ninety percent of your games is what I'm saying. I mean, okay, yeah, fair, but I don't know. I still think you. I think people are angry at kickers, first of all, unjustifiably, and second of all, like, for not very long. I don't know, yeah. really, Jared, like, I don't know that, if you get scrutinized for, like, a day, the, the you know, the day after, I don't know if it's, like, like, you you mentioned LeBron earlier, I feel like LeBron is never going to stop being scrutinized, and the pressure on that is definitely higher, I would say, of the average, or any kicker, actually. Like, long-term, especially. I mean, long-term, but, like, in one, in one, like... Sustained well, okay, moment. okay, but then okay, then if a okay. kicker has pretty, and it could be a long the question moment. is ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm defending I'm... Aiden's pick there, though. <laughs> okay. okay. Can okay. I throw yeah, out another one? I get it. <laughs> Lucas, you want to throw one? I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go across the the pond on this one. I think being and it's not like an athlete position, but being the manager of like a European yeah. mega soccer club like mm-hmm. Barcelona or Real, Real Madrid. I looked into this day because I wasn't sure. I know that there was, like, a lot of turnover in terms of, like, coaching positions there. But since Pep Guardiola left Barcelona um, nine years ago, they've had six managers. And Madrid, in the last eight years, has had six managers. So it's just, like, in and out the door, like, all the time. I feel like there's absolutely no margin for error there. Especially with Barcelona, when you have Messi on your team. Like, there's just, like, the expectation that you have the best player ever and you're just going to win all the time. But in addition to that, just, like... You need to win a championship every year or you're considered a failure. And not only do you need to win a championship every year to be not considered a failure, but you also have to, like, compete in the Champions League and, like, maybe win that or come close to winning that each year. Um, Champions League, the competition between, like, all the best teams in Europe, too, to not be a failure. So I just think that, like, the number of things you have to do to succeed there and the burden of pressure, especially with how, like big soccer is there, too, I think just is crushing. And you see it, like... Coaches, managers don't last longer than a couple of years at most. Yeah. Do you think it's more pressure to be the coach of Barcelona or the coach of like Spain, Spain's national team, I th- or Argentina, whatever I, yeah. country you want? I I think country potentially because I think you have fewer chances to like prove yourself. Like you lose yeah. the World Cup, like I mean you've got like the Euros or whatever your regional tournament is, but like mm-hmm. you've got to wait for like the big the big ones the world cup and if you lose you have to wait four years before you even have another shot at it like that's got to be yeah. miserable like <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's tough and like because yeah you're just judged on one yeah thing. like you, you there's like no other thing you're judged on other than like being competitive at the world cup essentially and maybe the arrows but like yeah 
I guess stuff. Yeah, another kind of cross the pond one. Um, I think F one's a good um, high pressure position. But if you're like the driver, mm-hmm. if a, like a driver for Ferrari or like one of like the, the oh, stalwarts yeah. kind of thing, like it's mm-hmm. it's a team, so there's still a ton of people that you can let down. But it's like so individual. Like I mean, it's just the two of you, and you're also competing against the other person on your team. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> really working with them per se. Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of pressure there, or a lot of individual pressure. I think especially right now with with the Formula One with Ferrari, where you don't have the best car, but people are, literally are still yeah. like they should be winning the championship this year. Yeah. It's like they don't mm-hmm. have the best; they don't even have close to the best car, and people still yeah. want them to win the championship. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. That's pretty tough. I have one. <clears throat> Thought about apply just now. Yeah, the number two option. 2A LeBron James or 2A Tom Brady as in <laughs> yeah. the LeBron James like Anthony yeah. Davis or Kyrie Irving yeah. or mm-hmm. if you're Tom Brady like Tom Brady's number one target like uh let's say Mike Evans or something or Antonio Brown well you know whatever it might be right mm-hmm. because although at the end of the day the media will only talk about how good LeBron James was if yeah. Anthony Davis drops 20 instead of 28 everyone's talking about how anthony davis screwed lebron james out of a championship or something like that (laughs) so i think that that would be a position where you although you may not be as talented as them everyone's counting on you to like keep them up you know yeah that's a good one yeah yeah it's another case where yeah it's like the you can lose a lot but you can actually gain that much yeah and so it's It's like a a scary position to be in yeah (laughs) What about this? Let me throw this one out. Head coach of the Notre Dame football team. No, Jared, I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> thing that I said that uh, to have pressure, you have to have expectations. And the, nobody, are you kidding me? Jared, it can't not, be. It not can't, a it, single person realistically in the country expects Notre Dame to win a championship. Are you, then why do you bring yeah. up the fact that Brian Kelly hadn't won a top 10 game all the time? You don't also, bring that about. You don't bring that up about Illinois. You don't bring that up about Illinois. You don't bring that up about because we State. don't talk about Illinois like they're like they're right. Exactly because there's expectations on Notre Dame. Jared, wait, wait. There's no way it's a high pressure job if you can be there for like 11 years and not win a championship and just be okay. That doesn't mean there's not scrutiny though. That doesn't mean there's not scrutiny. You might not. I don't think that's what high pressure means. Like I think pressure means that there's the chance for you to like for things to go poorly and you to fail. And he's like, well, he's he failing, but yeah, and he's still there. Yeah, but there's the scrutiny hasn't gone away. I don't know. It's not just about yeah, like, did you keep your job? I don't think. Yeah. I, I think you could see it that way, but I didn't in that case. What about Texas then? Head coach of Texas. Yeah. yeah. That's That's got to be probably even higher than Notre Dame. Yeah. I just feel like the- they were like even more irrelevant. Like maybe at what? some point it was, yeah. but like. I, yeah. Texas is just like Texas is just like a ghost of football past at this point. <laughs> I do feel like the pressure is like potentially gone down with each like unsuccessful it, coach because it it's just like the, yeah. maybe this one like it'll last long. like the expectations have been lowered. It depends so, on who you are. I would say yeah. if you were like like if Urban Meyer went to Texas, it'd be like oh he's the savior yeah. of all things. But mm. you know if you're just kind of anybody else who they're who they're kind of throwing out there, whatever you know, depends. Yeah. What about Auburn? <laughs> Auburn <laughs> has a lot of pressure. No, it doesn't. Yes, they do. They fire the coaches after like yeah. if they have they like one losing Wait, season, Jared, they just fire them. Jared, how long was Gus Malzahn on the coach for? Yeah, because he had winning seasons. Uh, I don't know. 
I, I don't think of Auburn personally. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're expected to beat Alabama every year, even though Alabama's That's, the best team. They can't expect that. Can no, they, they do. Though. No, the boosters do. No, Georgia, Georgia, and LSU are expected to beat Alabama. No, here so there. is Auburn. Not I guarantee Auburn. you, so is Auburn. Did you watch the Roll Tide War Eagle thirty for thirty? They're expected every year. <laughs> isn't, isn't that... They are. It's not super niche. Thirty for thirty is mainstream. Come on. <laughs> They, they make 30. so many of them. All 30. <laughs> name, There's more than 30 now. 30, right? yeah. yeah, there are. There's like at least 70 or 80 at this point. <laughs> but you oh. can't tell me that their fans and boosters don't expect them to beat Alabama every year. They do. I think they I, want I, them I'm to. Sure they they hope they expect them to. As much as Michigan hopes they beat Alabama, or Ohio State every year. <laughs> There's no way there's an expectation that they beat. There is a, there's teams. an expectation there too. 100%. I don't think so. We can go on a road if trip. If you're from Auburn, ask some people in if Auburn. You're, if, if you're an Auburn fan, and you live in the area. Um, text us if you are, you know, send us a, Who's area? On, on twi- uh, Twitter if you really expect expect to beat Alabama every single year. Expect, not hope. Expect, like you're like we're gonna do this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. When's but, the last time Auburn beat Bama? It was like three years ago? Relatively recently. Okay, yeah, Relatively it was semi-recent. Recent. Yeah. Yeah. But it's no, no, still, it was yeah, last year. Yeah. Mac Jones. It was oh, last year, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. wow. When, when they had that two pick sixes in one game or something like that. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, and then wasn't it what Alab- uh, Nick Saban like, argued to get like one more second back on the clock? They blocked a field goal and took it back, or something crazy happened. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, uh, the game ended because Alabama had 12 players on the field. It was like the craziest game. No, I every think time they play though, the Iron Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Not this last yeah. season, two seasons ago. Yeah, no, no, no. The the him arguing for more seconds on the clock was like the iconic like when the they tried to take the field, the kick six one, I think. Oh, that was yeah. That's like oh, okay. yeah, yeah, that in twenty twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was like uh, Gus Malzahn's first year. <laughs> yeah, he Wait, made that happen. That long? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, time flies, and then you know, <laughs> time flies when you're winning national championships. When you're every winning, year, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> so you won that first year, I guess, right? It didn't you know? <laughs> it was all downhill from there, but <laughs> I digress. Yeah. Well. Thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Remember to give us a follow on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, wherever you do your social media. Um, listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. We deserve it. We love it. <laughs> and we expect you to be here listening next Expectation. Thanks Expectation. for tuning in. <laughs> yes, Expectation Game. Thanks for listening, everybody.